Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Brew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I want to talk about over-exercise being able to identify whether your relationship with exercise has become unhealthy, and if so, how can you begin to take steps to turn that around? Now, I think with overexercise, it's often a hard thing to identify because in the culture we live in, um, I guess many people perhaps are not active in a healthy way, and the messages we are receiving consistently are that we need to be more active, that we need to be doing so many steps, we need to be doing different types of activity, and we almost get the message that no amount of exercise is too much. And anyone that exercises a lot will often be really praised for that, and it's seen as a strength and a healthy thing. And I guess for many people, it is a healthy thing, but for many people with eating disorders, it has lingered, I guess, into a very unhelpful zone. So of course, if you're doing physical activity in an in, within a healthy range, there's so many positive benefits physically and mentally. It's good for your heart and lungs, improve muscular and skeletal strength, improve sleep, positive body image, self-esteem, all those endorphins, you know, all the things we really love from exercise. But as I've said, if physical inactivity, physical activity and exercise become interlinked with an eating disorder, this is not so good because this is when exercise becomes often very driven, very rigid and compulsive. So something that you feel that you have to do. It often becomes excessive as well. So it's not just doing like a couple of classes here and there or whatever, it's about having to do a certain amount every day. And, um, yeah, it's become excessive. Maybe it's taking up a lot of time. And maybe as well, someone might be doing beyond that of their nutritional intake. So perhaps, you know, not taking in much nutrition, but doing excessive excessive amounts of exercise and having a real imbalance there. So of course, this is much more harmful than helpful. Again, it can be easily hidden, I think, can't it, in our culture. It might be hard to detect whether someone's doing too much exercise. They might seem on the outside to be really healthy. But again, we can start to perhaps kind of question that and you can start to question yourself when you reflect on perhaps your intentions and how you're feeling about exercise. I think nobody starts off really kind of heading in the deep end with overexercise, what often happens is we can start exercising for very kind of healthy reasons, um, start off with exercise being really, really positive, and then over time it drifts more into an obsessive pattern, and then people feel unable to stop. So this is when maybe exercise has to be done, it's an escape for emotions, and not to say, I think within healthy limits, actually, doing some exercise can be a really good way of processing emotions and it can be a healthy outlet. But if you're always using exercise to distract from emotions and you're kind of running away from your emotions, that is not so helpful. You might also be stuck in very rigid routines which take up hours and hours of every day. 
And you might feel that you only have permission to eat if you exercise, or you might use exercise as compensation for eating. So those are all kind of warning signs that your exercise might not be in the most healthy place. Now what's quite tricky as well is when you follow a restrictive diet and then often if you become low weight, the brain chemical leptin decreases. And very interestingly, this increases your urge to be active. So it's a bit like a kind of vicious cycle really because sometimes you can be under eating the leptin in your brain's decreased, you become more and more active, and then you, you know, it's a vicious cycle, and you just you're eating less and exercising more, and the drive to be active becomes greater and greater, and you're just stuck in this awful circle. The good thing to know though is actually that if you wait, you know, you do become weight restored and you recover, your leptin levels will return to normal. So it is like a sort of temporary state while you are in that sort of deprived state. So overexercise as well can happen in many different ways. So I suppose it might be perhaps more obvious if someone's going to the gym or like out cycling or running and you know they're doing that very often, but it might be more subtle ways. So maybe exercising in your room in secret or maybe like doing extra trips to get your steps in. So you might go up and down the stairs many times of the day to fetch things, (laughs) rather than doing it all in one go, you're kind of consciously trying to be more and more active to burn energy. And you can see as well, this is really quite exhausting and um, takes up so much mental headspace as well. So some questions to help you reflect on whether your relationship with exercise is healthy or not. So do I make myself exercise even when I'm injured or tired? Do I feel guilty if I miss exercise? Do I feel lazy if I don't stick rigidly to my regime? Do I miss social events to exercise? Do I exercise to burn off calories to compensate? Do I use exercise to cope with how I feel? Do I feel that my anxiety is unbearable if I don't exercise? And have I lost all the joy from exercise has it become a chore so those can be some guidelines to reflect on you know whether your relationship with exercise is healthy or not now often we forget the risks to the body of over exercising you know again we're kind of locked in this slightly diet culture mindset of thinking all exercise is good more exercise is better but actually particularly if you're low body weight and you're over-exercising, your body can't really cope with that stress. Um, You often lose a lot of muscle mass, so this means more strain on your joints, and you're also going to get more repetitive strain injuries. So it's very common that people over-exercising get a lot of injuries. For women as well, you may lose your period, and of course you are at risk as well with your bone density and the risk of osteopenia, osteoporosis later on. And there's also stress, on the cardiovascular and circulatory systems. Now, if you're listening to this and you're really worried about the impact of overexercise on your body and you're really identifying that your body is struggling, do go and chat to your GP. And if you're under an eating disorder service um, or not under an eating disorder service, you may be able to get support from a physio as well. 
in managing your overactivity because sometimes as well everyone's relationship with overexercise is slightly different and you might need a bit of tailored support to really help you to sort of shift and um, you know move away from where you are. So what can you do to start to change your relationship with overexercise? I mean I think one of the most powerful and profound things to do is just to firstly just admit it maybe to admit it to yourself, because maybe you've been in denial about it, maybe you you hadn't realised you had a problem. And if you feel able to, you could share that with a friend, someone that you trust, just talking about it openly to someone who will listen. Because I think just saying it out loud can be such a powerful first step. You could also just be very honest with yourself and think about what are the pros and the cons of doing all this exercise, and start to really get in touch with some of the costs to doing so much exercise because I think often again we can be a bit oblivious to this or ignore our body's kind of warning signs when we're getting injured again and again. You could as well keep an activity diary, you know, notice how much you're actually doing, notice your thoughts and feelings around it as well. If you feel ready to, you could begin to cut your exercise down very slowly and you might just want to do this in micro steps. Again, It's gonna be really hard often if you have been filling your life with exercise. When you start to cut down, it's probably gonna leave a void. You're probably gonna feel quite anxious. You're probably gonna not know what to do with yourself. And you could be in danger of trying to resort to other unhelpful compensatory strategies. So I think there's a lot of value in taking things really slowly. And as I always go on about the underwhelming baby steps, because even if you cut down very slowly over the next year, you could make some quite profound changes. And you could challenge as well some of your unhelpful beliefs about what's gonna happen if you stop exercising or reduce your exercise. Because I think a lot of people catastrophize what's gonna happen. They have a lot of fears about the changes that might happen in their body. They have kind of um, faulty beliefs, things like um, all my muscles going to turn to fat. Um, and you know, I think, again, you know, that's something obviously muscle and fat are different tissues, one can't turn to the other or vice versa, <laughs> you know, maybe you might lose a bit of muscle tone, but it's starting to sort of challenge some of the, the faulty thinking and faulty beliefs. When you start to reduce your exercise, you might want to think about how you're going to distract yourself or fill your time, because it is going to leave a bit of a void to begin with, and that could be quite challenging. Also think about your use of fitness trackers, pedometers, that kind of thing. You know, I think these can be used by some people in quite a healthy way, but if you have an eating disorder, you may become very obsessed about tracking, and obviously that's not so helpful. And um, sometimes people can feel quite liberated to almost sort of sever that link between worth and how many steps or how much activity they're doing. And also notice how you use social media. Are you sort of following different fitness accounts? Notice what's triggering for you. And maybe you might need to really unfollow, withdraw some from some of that material so you can really get yourself in a better place. I think the key thing with all of this as well is, you know, you don't have to do it alone. It's really important to perhaps reach out for support. If you're in therapy, this is something that can be um, talked about with your therapist. And as I've said before as well, if you've got physical worries about um, overexercise, really important to see a GP and you might even be able to see like a physiotherapist to get some support with this. Anyway, I hope you found this bite-sized episode helpful. 
thank you so much for listening. And if you're not following me already, do see me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Thank you.